Hey folks, this is your host, Paul Winkler. Thank you for listening to the show today. Before we get into the content, I want to tell you about a new workshop I'm hosting called Politics and Portfolios, How to Invest During Election Season. You can register for it at paulwinkler.com politics. A lot of people are worried about the market this year, and I want to help you know what to do. We're going to look at historical data and academic research to explain how markets behave in election years, and we'll use easy-to-read charts and graphs. I'll be live on Friday, February 23rd at 12 o'clock. But if you can't make it live, register anyway, and we'll send you a replay link. So go check it out at paulwinkler.com politics. Now, here's your show. Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. I am Paul Winkler talking the world of money and investing. And we talk about the things that are going on out there. We're talking about things that might help you out with some of the things that you might be dealing with. And that's exactly what we're going to do this hour. We're going to go off the beaten path, something I don't normally talk a whole lot about. But this is of interest to people, especially, and you might be grandparents too, that are trying to help your kids out with this regarding how do you get the kid into school and pay for it, you know, especially when they're getting close to college age and they're going, uh, you know, we got to think about this. And maybe you didn't do any planning for it. So we'll talk a little bit about that here with Jacob Lejess. He is from Treveca University. He is the director of New Student Financial Aid. So, because we were just kind of playing around with this idea, Jacob, of going into this topic of college because, you know, we talk about 529s. We talk yeah. about saving for college. We talk about, you know, it used to be the Coverdell Education Savings Council yeah. was a bigger deal than it is now. It's yeah. not as big of a deal uh, you can, because of the limitations, how much money you can put into it. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure that you're going to probably jump into a little bit of that. But I think mainly what we're wanting to talk about is just the experience of preparing your kid for college. So typically when our parents coming to you and going, hey, I need to figure out what to do and what kind of guidance are you giving yeah. them? Yeah, typically I'm, I'm starting with families, junior year, um, senior year, right? Summer heading into senior year. Sometimes I get that ambitious family and it's mm -hmm. freshman or sophomore year. Um, but very rarely it's typically by junior years. Usually they wait that yeah. long. <laughs> they wait, they wait till the end typically, uh -huh. yep. uh -huh. but that's okay. That's okay. We work with them through the process. And, um, you know, I think the biggest question that they ask me when I get there is what do we do? How do, where do I even begin? How do we afford this? And so that's kind of where we come into play to help kind of talk them through some of those avenues they can choose like scholarships and federal aid and things like that to help them work through that process. Okay, so I know one of the things that's a real pain for a lot of people is that form you just mentioned. Yes. <laughs> so sir. why don't we start there? Yeah. Because no, no, what is that? Explain to people that don't know what it is, what yeah. it is, and how it works, and what role it has. Yeah. So we're talking about the FAFSA, right? You got your free application for federal student aid. Okay, mm -hmm. and so. Any student um, and parent, right, who's a U.S. citizen, right, lives in the United States, is eligible to 
qualify to uh, apply for this, right? And so it doesn't cost anything. So there's no harm in, in filling this out. So I encourage every family that's about to send a student to college to fill this form out. Essentially, what it does for families, it, it may get you some free money, right? And when I say free, mm-hmm. I mean things like Pell Grant. And so Pell Grant's a need-based um, grant that's given by the government. It doesn't cost the family anything. They don't have to pay that back after the student graduates. And so that's really your biggest benefit is trying to find some free money through that, as well as some small student loans that a student can get through the federal government. Okay. Tell, so now the Pell Grant what yeah. are the criteria in general? I mean, when we're looking mm-hmm. at qualifying for something like that, are we talking like really, really bad poverty level? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So they do look at the poverty line when it comes to um, how much they're going to give out. So this year you can get up to $7,400 in, mm-hmm. in free money through the Pell Grant. So it could be anywhere from zero to 7400 And so that's going to be based off of mom and dad's income, um, some of their assets, right? Maybe their investments. Um, there's been some changes this year with that. And um, I would encourage our families to do some research on that a little bit deeper with some of the changes they're making on the FAFSA, but they're mainly looking at the income for the family and their financial. Okay. So what what types of assets are are looked at? Yeah. So the one that I say is not looked at for families to know is their house. The home you live in does not count as an asset mm-hmm. to the FAFSA. And that's a big mistake I see a lot of families do. Um, so, so, so get a really big house and yeah. have no savings anywhere else and you're fine. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You're good. You can live in a million dollar home. It doesn't matter. Um, oh, man. But some things that would be included as an asset, unfortunately, would be a 529 plan, right? So families mm-hmm. who have a 529 plan, that's considered an asset to the FAFSA. One of the changes they're making this year, though, mm-hmm. is that if it's a 529 plan and the student going to school is not the one benefiting from it, say it's maybe for another one of their children. So another person is a beneficiary because you, you can choose the beneficiary of it. Mm-hmm. So they are looking at who the beneficiary is. Correct. Yep. So if you got a 529 plan for Sally and Joe uh-huh. and Sally's still an eighth grader and mm-hmm. Joe's going to be a freshman in college, they're not going to count Sally's 529 plan as um, an asset, right? They'll only count the student going Can to college. Can you switch it from the one back to the other temporarily for that? Ah, that's a gray yeah. area. That's okay, it's a gray area. area. All right, forget it. I'm sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to put you on this spot. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so, all right, remind me where we're going from. Oh, so, oh, so, yeah. you so know, you're talking about the filling out that form. form you're yeah. saying that not everybody has to fill out that form no. is basically what you're saying. But no. I remember going, my, my wife went through that process. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the financial guy in the family, but my wife had to go through the yeah. process. It was like, oh, yeah. my God. I was watching what she had to put on that form. It, it was yep. just making me cringe. Insane. Now, I will say, and for all the families that are filling this out this year, I, I worked with a family yesterday filling out the FAFSA with them, uh-huh. and it is completely different. Oh, really? It, it took us about 25 minutes all in. That is a big difference. Huge difference. I, I've had families, I tell them, buy a pizza for the night and sit tight because it's going to take you three hours, right? It, it's completely changed. Right, um, right. One of the biggest changes for this is at, right at the beginning, you give consent that the government's going to link your taxes automatically for you. So it really eliminates that whole financial aid questionnaire down to four or five questions. Oh, now that's fascinating. So Mm -hmm. that's fascinating. So that that was, yes, that was a huge time waster, you know, going into that. You had families bringing their W-2s and their 1044s line by line back and forth. Nightmare. Nightmare. Okay. So- when we're looking at the that's that's one form that you're saying given fill that out mm-hmm. and then i was shocked at how many different scholarships there are out there now both my 
kids went to Dravecca. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was just shocked at the number of different things out there. Yeah. Where do kids typically look or parents probably more likely yeah. start look? But my, my son was one, you know, both my sons, they were, they were uh, looking for themselves as to yeah. where scholar and I was yep. surprised at how many of them they found out there mm-hmm. that they where do people typically go for that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, besides the FAFSA grants and the state stuff, the two pieces are your institutional aid, so whatever college they're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. What scholarships they offer, and the other one is what I call outside or private scholarships, right? Mm-hmm. So that's scholarships from your local community, or there's some national scholarships. Mm-hmm. I encourage students to start with your local stuff. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to get a scholarship that 50 students are applying for versus 5,000 students, right? Right. Um, The best place, in my opinion, is checking with the local high school. A lot of times you can check with your guidance counselor, maybe front office lady, right? Um, They'll have a running list of the scholarships in the community, maybe 15, 20 scholarships that these students may be eligible to apply for. So, Is there someplace online that people typically look as well? I've had some students find success using... um, fastweb.com. Um, mm-hmm. Not a sponsor for that, right? It's, I've just had students I, I, yeah, I don't know What, what is that? that? Um, it's a scholarship kind of questionnaire thing. So you fill it out. It's like a dating site, but for scholarships, right? <laughs> so the student's going to put in, you know, their um, year in school, ethnicity, mm-hmm. right? What they want to major in, what state they live in. And mm-hmm. the website will generate scholarships that would you know, make that student eligible for. So that yeah. seems like it would be pretty handy. It's it's handy. I've had students find success with that. College board's a good avenue, but I do still think hands down, finding stuff locally is always the best option. So, and it's a little bit easier to figure out what's legit, right? Is this a real scholarship? When you're looking on the internet, it's kind of hard to be giving out that information while you're online. So I can see the trust issue on that too. But Right. So, so there are also the lottery type things. What, yeah. you know, kind of explain that because for yeah. some people that's, I've had them use that where they may mm-hmm. go to another university for the first couple of years, then they yeah. transfer out to a Treveca or something mm-hmm. like that afterward. Yeah. Uh, how does that whole program work? Yeah. So we're talking, this would be the Tennessee Hope Scholarship or Tennessee Promise. So this mm-hmm. is really only for people in the state of Tennessee. Um, if you have listeners that aren't in Tennessee, it's great to check with their state to see what they offer from a lottery standpoint scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee Hope, you got to have a 3.0 GPA in high school mm-hmm. or 21 ACT. So one or the other. So if if I'm talking to a family who's a sophomore, whose student's a sophomore or junior, my push to them is by the end of senior year, you need to make sure that student has a 3.0 if they can't reach the 21, right? Or if they have the 21, they're, they're set. But that's yeah, so so I can imagine. Well, you you before we got on, you actually were telling a story about something where mm-hmm. somebody didn't have enough class. You know, go yes. go through that again. Yeah. I, I don't so, want to steal your thunder, but no, you know, you're talk good. through that. Yeah, I talked to a senior just yesterday, and they have a 2.85 GPA. Um, mm-hmm. They only have three classes left in senior year. It, e- even to get all A's, the odds of that going to a 3.0 are probably pretty slim, right? Yeah. And if they're sitting at an 18 ACT, maybe not the best test taker, that they don't have any chance of getting Tennessee Hope now, right? So if we can educate the families to know about this as a freshman or a sophomore, it gives them time to make sure that their students are completing that classwork, shooting for that 3.0 or that 21 to guarantee mm-hmm. the free money. It's Right now, it's $4,500 your first two years and then another $5,700 the last two years in money that is completely free. 
So yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah, <laughs> and and typically, uh, so is that covering most of what they need in the in the first year? It depends I, I, where you seen... go to school. You know, um, you know, with with a school like Treveca, for example, we'll take that Tennessee Hope and we'll stack it with the students' institutional scholarships, like your academic or your leadership scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to a community college route. You have programs like the Tennessee Promise, which is similar to the Hope, that mm-hmm. will completely cover that. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of students who will do the two years free at community college, Nashville State of all state, right, mm-hmm. and then transfer over to a four year school to finish off. So, so typically, what does it cost to attend? You know, if you look at various places, yeah, I'm so out of touch on. No, that. yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, the big difference is is you got. Three types. You got your state schools, right? Four-year state school, four-year private school, and then you got your community colleges. Mm-hmm. In Tennessee, you you essentially can go to community college pretty much free as long as you're completing some of these programs. With which, those with those scholarships that we were just yeah, referring to, hope. that will cover. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called the Tennessee Promise. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it mm-hmm. it allows to some a, extent. Yeah, it allows a student to go, go to college. Go ahead, for explain free. it. It yeah, doesn't matter yeah. if I'm familiar with no, it. Or not. I got <laughs> you. Yeah, other people are going to be T- going. Yeah, <laughs> explain it, please. Tennessee Hope's a great option. Uh, Tennessee Promise is a great option for students who don't qualify for Hope. Because Promise, there's no GPA requirement. There's no test score requirement. There's some meetings involved in community service. So, so no service. test scores as far as SAT, ACT, SAT, ACT yep. as, yeah. Do they still use the AC, the SAT they, they, in many states? Um, that's what I did. When, yeah. But that we're going back. We're, we're, we're looking mm-hmm. at that when Methuselah was going to yeah, school. <laughs> so Tennessee is primarily ACT, right? But, right. Um, you know, schools in Illinois, they're big oh, okay. SAT still. California okay. still SAT. Right. So I still see both quite a bit. Maybe New York, that's where I went. So. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. So, right. um, but promise is a great option. So if you got, if you got a student, so they don't there, have to have to test scores. Let's mm-hmm. go back through that again. Cause yeah. I want to make sure that was clear. They don't have to have test scores and they don't have to have, you know, a great point yep. average is yep. not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So, so what is that? How yeah. much do they get? And what does that look like? Yeah. There's a monetary value to it by the state of Tennessee. They're looking at all the community colleges, kind of averaging out what it would cost. So they'll pay out per credit hour. And so typically what I see is if it's- So is it vary? Yes, it varies. So if you take 12 credit hours, you'll get less money than a student taking 16 credit hours for promise. It's not a set amount. Okay. Um, but that would essentially cover your community college costs, those those payouts, right? Based oh. off of how many credit hours you're doing. So is that everybody gets that? Yeah, if, as uh, long as you uh, fill out the FAFSA. Uh, okay, apply. so it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be mm-hmm. dependent. So basically what you're saying, it's going to be dependent upon the- financial needs of the family? No, still? no. So not at all. One of the qualifications for state aid is you have to fill out the FAFSA. That's just. So even if mom and dad make a million dollars, they could still get the promise money. It, even that, if, that's yeah. oh, that's surprising. Okay. So I yeah. did not know that. All it's, right. It's really different. Um, so Tennessee Hope, you fill out the FAFSA, you got to have the grades, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee Promise, you fill out the FAFSA, you go to a Tennessee uh, Promise meeting, mm-hmm. and then you complete some community service hours. And you have to go into an associate's degree. As long as you go into an associate's degree, those are some of the pieces you'd have to do to finish that qualification out. So that's interesting. So doing some community service, and I've yeah. seen kids do that and yeah. go, hey, I need to do so much of my- this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much yep. so. Okay, so yep. that's why they do that. Okay, yep. got it. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So um, tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and uh, come right back. And we're going to talk a little bit about 
you know, the questions that we want to ask when you're sitting down with the universities. I think mm -hmm. that's going to be, you know, important to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, I got a list of things. Yeah, so we're, I got you. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll take it from there. You're listening to the Investor Coaching Show. I am here with Jacob Legess, and he is director of New Student, New Student Financial Aid over at Treveca. And just talking about getting a kid into college and the things that you need to know. And thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, that's a, that's appropriate. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> You're listening to the Investor Coaching Show. Jacob Lages from Treveca, Director of New Student Financial Aid, is hanging out with me here in the studio. And we're talking about college education. And it's going to take money. <laughs> so I guess that's a good question, Jacob, is, you know, what are the you know, how do we get afford this is the question that people ask. Yeah. And you said that there are four pockets of money and mm -hmm. let's just walk through that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about some of these in depth, but I think it's great to highlight. There, there's really four pieces when a family asks me, how do we afford this? I tell them one, mm -hmm. institutional scholarships, scholarships mm -hmm. from the universities. Two- From the university itself. Mm -hmm. okay. Maybe based off of merit, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then two, you got your federal and state aid. So the FAFSA and then your Tennessee money or whatever state you live in. Can you talk a little bit more about institutional aid? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, like what is it mm -hmm. and, and what are the criteria? What are they looking yeah. for? Yeah. So one of the big changes that shifted in higher education was test scores, right? Mm -hmm. When COVID hit, students were not taking tests mm -hmm. and that kind of stuck. So I have a lot of schools out there now that I see yeah. are test optional or test preferred. So that's still going on. Mm, still okay. going on. And, and we're a couple of years past COVID now, and it's still, it's kind of stuck. So I see students that will get awarded academic scholarships based off of maybe their high school GPA or their test score, whatever benefits that student more. So that's one thing I always encourage parents to uh -huh. look at when they're uh -huh. looking at colleges is figure out what kind of academic scholarships they offer and kind of see the tiers, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you got a student who has a 24 and that's a 6,000 academic, say. Well, maybe- What does that mean? 24? Uh, uh, 24 ACT, sorry. Okay, yeah, go ahead. That. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah so I know what you're talking about, but somebody else might, no, I got might be missing that. So maybe they Or have a, a 24 or what? So maybe they have a 24 ACT, right? Uh -huh. And that qualified them at some college for $6,000 in academic gotcha. money. Gotcha, okay. Well, gotcha. maybe the next tier is 26. Uh-huh. And that can maybe get them $10,000. Uh -huh. uh -huh. So I encourage our families as they're sophomores and juniors looking at these schools, figure out what kind of goals that student needs to be 
setting to maximize their scholarship package. Right? And they can they can take the test more than once. A lot of schools will take it multiple times. Um, at Trevecca, for example, we'll take it all the way, your highest test score through your senior year, um, the April test date. So all the way through April test day of your senior year. So they have multiple opportunities mm-hmm. to try to keep bumping up that scholarship package. Okay. So, yeah. Um, other things I encourage students to be involved in with institutional aid would, would be uh, maybe church involvement, right? Or mm-hmm. community service involvement, school involvement, right? Maybe my, my son, actually, yep. I can tell a personal story. Okay, One of my it. sons is actually, you know what he's doing? Actually, literally, as we speak, he's doing uh, tornado aid, uh, yeah. volunteering right now. Yep. And he's already out of Trevecca. He's not doing it because yeah. he wants to get a scholarship. He's already got a lot of his scholarship mm-hmm. from Trevecca through that. Yeah. Literally doing volunteer work because he'd yep. always be at these little homeless shelters yeah. and, and yeah. You know, and food pantries and those types of things. Definitely. So yeah, I can, Schools look I can at attest that. to that. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, I, I had no idea that yep. they did. And I tell families, don't be afraid to have the student brag on themselves when they're filling out these applications. It's a really you know? good point. They want to know, are you the captain of the baseball team? Right. Are you part of the NHS, the national honor society? Are you in the student government? Like what, what is, what is your student doing yeah. in their high school years? That's so. super good. So yep. yeah, that that's, I'm so glad we went more into depth on that institutional aid. And then uh, other types of things that we look at outside uh, scholarships um, would be a third, third mm-hmm. pocket the outside mm-hmm. aid. We've talked about that. And then mm-hmm. the last one is the hardest part. That's the family contribution, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. your own pocket. Right? <laughs> right, 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 right. So we want families to maximize on the institutional scholarships, the outside scholarships, uh-huh. the federal aid. So that, that fourth pocket, your pocket is uh-huh. hopefully the less the one that hurts the less right <laughs> so and, and there's there are certain things that you would look at that count more toward that you know student uh, assets in the student's name versus assets in the mm-hmm. parent's name mm-hmm. and those types of things yeah. can you speak to that at any yeah um so when it, when you're filling out the fafsa and stuff you, the student and the parent have to put in what they what their financial aid looks like and so they'll ask questions like what their assets look like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they'll ask did the student file taxes right uh-huh. what is the student's cash savings in their bank account right uh-huh. what is what is their total assets right do they have investments uh-huh. right uh-huh. Um, and they'll ask those same things for the parents too now a lot of it they're really looking at mom and dad but students um, students financial aid comes in, into play with that hey this is paul winkler hope you enjoyed today's edition of the investor coaching show you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.